Welcome to my podcast. I'm Heimo Scheuch, the CEO of Wienerberg, and today I have a special guest, Klaus Umek, a senior investor, not only in Austria, but also especially in London, by the way. And Klaus, I'm glad to have you here at Wienerberger's head Thanks office. for having us. Hello. Klaus, you know Wienerberger for a long time, don't you? Uh, yes, I um, started my career as an investment banker at Goldman Sachs, and one of my first transactions was Wienerberger Koramik, which was how you guys uh, and the previous management got into Benelux. And also in the roofing tiles, by the way. Not only facing bricks, but then later roof tiles. So a very critical transaction for us to diversify our business and to make us a stronger European player. That makes me feel old because this is 25 years ago. You're still young. I'm trying. But yeah. still invested in Wienerberger. Still invested in Wienerberger and um, actually quite proud of what um, you guys have been able to achieve. I think for you as an investor, ESG plays an important role. Um, do you think that we in Europe overdo certain things when it comes to ESG or are you happy with the regulation foresees for all of us? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weird man in that I generally believe regulation is very good because I think those who think they can do without regulation will always face, uh, you know, the public, God and whoever. So you're never going to be without anyone that tells you what to do. Um, I think as long as it's intelligent, it will it will mean that you think, you reflect, you will be more um, intelligent about your choices. Uh, and I think ESG is at the core of what Europe is very good at and how we differentiate from other economies, like especially the United States or, or Middle East, where um, people just do ignore certain topics that we find important. Um, and to me, there is no... Uh, inherent conflict between someone who's very frugal and saves and, you know, makes sure that stuff is efficient, which is a very Germanic uh, thing historically, and uh, someone who's very ecologically driven, wants things to be clean and safe and not too much wasting space. It's uh, to me the same. Someone is a socialist, says it has to be fair. You cannot treat people badly. In the end, uh, a capitalist would say if it is smart, it is profitable, and then it's fair, and then it is green, and then it is thought through. And most cases, it is frugal. So I think ESG is an important uh, driver for our economies going forward. Well, I can can only confirm you know that and you know we're very well aware at Wienerberger we have focused a lot on this and especially when you talk about our values, respect and trust are very important ones and we live it in our company for more than 19,000 people and also with our stakeholders and good communication is also from a perspective of shareholder and company very important and I appreciate that you accompany us in this sort of transition to a very sort of top-notch uh, ESG-based um, company. You have seen that we have been awarded a couple of days ago by Ecovadis, so a top-notch uh, uh, sort of result from, from the perspective of ESG. And I, hope you, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I hope you appreciate that. And um, yes, I can confirm it pays off. And even in the US, by the way, which takes a different perspective from ESG, but uh, I would say also an interesting one. I think it just always gives you a reason to focus on something because if, if uh, times are bad, people are looking for an anchor, right? And they don't really know what to do. So you can check your numbers, you can check whether everyone is happy, uh, whether you are doing the right things. And, and ESG is such a, such a revisiting factor where you say, okay, well, are we doing well? Could we do better? And I mean, we all sat here during COVID. I, I came to visit you and it was very, you know, empty office. And then, of course, as a manager, you think, oh, my God, we just moved into a new mm -hmm. office. Was this the right decision? Right. And in times like these, it sounds weird, but you have doubt. 
you feel the environment is is blowing in your face, which of course it is always only very temporarily because you guys have always come out with dynamic you know dynamic ideas and then entrepreneurship very fast. And it's in times like these that you say, okay, how how do people do? Are they happy? What can we do for them? How can we retain them? They're now sitting at home. If they don't have a palatial home, mm -hmm. they might have an issue, right? Um, and you were the first to say, hey, anyone wants to come, come. Let's separate. All these things are very smart. And I think in the end, that is ESG, right? Because S socially, uh, you know, it has to deal with how we deal with society, whether we care for our employees, whether we have employee mm -hmm. participation. You have a, uh, a very smart incentive program to me, again, purely capitalist mm. but uh, it is ESG because people are happy they have a stake uh, we are invested in a number of companies where people generate substantial extra wealth because the company does well and mm. they have stock in the company um, and that makes them happy and that's S yeah, amongst mm. many other things obviously sponsorship caring for those who are not as, uh, as uh, fortunate as we are which Wiener Berger has at the core of its value set I think it's extremely important that we mm. give a bit away um, I always joke that, um, and, and you're in a very nice part of town, but very few people have that luxury. Some are in like a beautiful office silo and around them you have all these uh, communal flats that are a bit run down 1950s and they just, you know, have to step out and see what's going on really in the city. Uh, very few people do that. So again, I think you guys are doing really well in understanding this. Mm. No, thank you. And I think also when I talk with our, especially our young generation, what matters most for them is the purpose that we obviously as a company serve a good purpose in helping people to create affordable living space on one side, but also do something good for the nature, biodiversity, saving energy, and obviously effectively uh, fighting against climate change. So these are things that matter at Wienerberg. Uh, there's one personal question I wanted to ask you today. Well, how does uh, how is it for you as a professional investor in these periods of continuous crisis? You wake up in the morning and the, the whole good news that hits you every morning from the US, from Asia, from Europe. How do you deal with this? Girl? I would think that the uh, history book will be written about a period and it will, of course, mention COVID and it will mention the war and it will mention uh, climate change that is becoming ever more apparent, especially for all those of us who like to ski, uh, where it's ever later that we can start and ever more artificial uh, in the beginning with the snow. Um, that's all going to feature, but I don't think that that will be the headlines as much as we think right now. I think what the headline will be is the speed with which information travels. And uh, really for the last 10 years, uh, the prevalence of, uh, of um, um, you know, mobile applications, social media, and obviously the percentage of people who have a smartphone has gone to, you know, in cities to like 90%. And so everyone on their way to shaving or brushing their teeth is already bombarded with, uh, uh, you know, pre-selected articles that confirm their views. So that means that... Uh, you and I will be reading Bloomberg and uh, uh, Financial Times and things that that uh, seem to want to worry us all the time about economics, about trends, about economic growth, inflation. Uh, and Joe Average will have uh, a stupid Facebook algorithm that will tell him that if he's worried about immigration, he wakes up getting five articles about how the next wave of boat refugees has just landed illegally in whatever place. And the guy who's very worried about ecology will, will hear about the uh, treatment of women in Iran and will hear, they, they just will be confirmed in their worry. Mm. Um, I don't think that that that's very healthy uh, because, um, uh, you know, it, it, it is visible in how, how kids are unhappy right now uh, because they had lockdowns and they missed out years and now they are bombarded with this negative uh, wave of uh, information. 
I, I'm positive about the world. I think we're getting richer, we're living longer, we're healthier, people care about their weight. Sport has never been as important. Food has never been as good. Choice, I mean, we are in a part of uh, the world here in your headquarters that wasn't uh, really known as a place uh, to enjoy a good meal. Uh, that has changed. I mean, within five minutes walk, mm. we can have a poke bowl and a sushi and whatever it is that we mm. please. So the world does get better every day and, and we've met considerable amounts of money just staying focused on what the real trend is and not being told uh, that we're all swamped by the wrong people and all unemployed and all dead from COVID because it turned out to be just nonsense. So but basically you are saying that uh, you yourself make up your own mind and make up your own opinion about things and you need to fight this damn media that obviously provides us with a lot of awful news. I think it's the damn algorithm, yeah. <laughs> not so much the media, mm. because at the same time, independent media is shrinking at a pace that worries me. Independent journalism is dying out. Um, people copy press releases. That's the sort of stuff you get from some of the best newspapers in this country. And, you know, when we were kids, we would read about the um, Nicaragua Contra Civil War, right? I mean, mm -hmm. these days kids would read the newspaper, which of course, unfortunately, they do not, but they wouldn't even know where Nicaragua is on the map, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, because no one writes about any intelligent articles about the European business, let alone uh, things in emerging markets, yeah? Uh, I think it's extremely important that we read, that we, mm -hmm. you know, focus and concentrate and take a book which is tough. We all know that the first 30 pages, you're like, well, do I really want this? Right. Um, I, I'm very old school. I read, I read literature. I read, uh, I read uh, factual information about uh, economic trends, about finance, about sociology, about science. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very helpful because it gives us something to do away from our smartphones. And uh, yes, I mean, we make money by trying to determine uh, what the trend is. And then if we're right, uh, you know, we will be so much more profitable in the market. Yeah. Klaus, let's go back a little bit to financial markets and uh, both of us, I know from experience, uh, you also are convinced Austrian and you love Austria and Vienna especially. Um, our financial market is very small. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we discuss a lot about the stock exchange here and uh, the activity. Uh, there are some things that you miss when you, when you talk about Austria and the Austrian financial market and the attitude that you sort of see really as a major um, weakness that we have currently? I think it's down to um, uh, the ability or inability for the last 20 years to, to find the new young people that have an interest. Uh, so when you look around and you know, and I know this from, from our uh, general meetings or so, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a pensioner's home. People are very gray. Uh, so those who participate are, are well past the peak of their careers. And there just seem to be too few young people interested. The young people we have um, are punting around Bitcoin, are uh, interested in uh, trading uh, US dollar on Flatex. They trade Amazon. They're losing all their money on Tesla. So, I mean, people have unfortunately did, uh, people did come out. But it didn't do enough um, uh, to do things locally. And that has to do with how politicians have portrayed the whole thing. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, it started with a horrible uh, Feynman government that just wanted to soak the rich and take it away and tax and uh, increase taxation on stock transactions. And everything they did was just intent on making sure that this is less of a pleasure, less profitable, and that you would walk around the street feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. uh, now, they've been very successful. I think people sometimes feel very guilty. They feel very oblivious 
envious. They feel cool talking in the restaurant about or the golf club or the tennis club about owning a Tesla and losing all the money with it, uh, which they will never admit. But they would never feel that it's cool to own Unica or, or Wienerberger, which I think is what they should do. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think Vienna has always been a financial center. There are a, a, a great percentage of the smart people in this town are bankers, lawyers, transaction people. And, you know, most of our industrialists are traders. Right. Um, they trade, uh, you know, building sites, they trade uh, wood, pulp, everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they call themselves industrialists, but they really buy stuff and sell at a higher price. But that's not the tone. So it's not mm-hmm. yet cool at this point to be because you're like a speculator, right? Mm-hmm. That's something bad. I, I think it's nonsense. Um, I, I'm testament to how well we can do by uh, just sticking to what we're good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not let anyone spoil that for us. And um I um, firmly believe that stock markets are local. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that uh, uh, Berger is a global company, but it's, its heart is here. Its name is very Austrian. And you'd be feeling very lonely in a stock exchange like London because no one cares, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're 35 billion, mm-hmm. uh, at which point you are too big to ignore. But um, I think for anyone that is a dynamic mid-sized company, uh, a local market is where you should be. And I look at places like Belgium, Finland, mm. uh, Sweden, that all have extremely dynamic yeah. capital markets. Um, again, my my contrarian view is it's just a matter of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Mind you, we had like one significant company come to market, which was Bavak. Mm. There were others, but I mean, Bavak was the most significant. It is by far the most interesting story in financials in Europe. So testament to my view that we have financial people, we have banking people, we have transaction people. And, you know, of the last five years, uh, we'd like to forget some of the stuff that listed in Germany. Um, and we certainly want to forget all the gold miners and coal diggers in London that listed. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think we shouldn't feel ashamed. It, it's pretty contrarian. There are not many people who do it, but I, I like it. Yeah. Mm. No, and you mentioned also some smaller markets like Belgium, but also like the Nordics. And I think when we talk about especially the Norwegian one, the Finnish one, and especially the Swedish one, I think what we can learn from them and the culture is transparency. I think this is a corporate, good corporate governance. And I think you always put a lot of emphasis in your uh, discussions with companies on it. And I think in Austria, we need a, a, certainly a step up in this respect. And also from the state, I think from our perspective, you know from the, the Vienna Stock Exchange, that the professional investment fund, the state one that would run the participation, like a Norwegian fund, for example, given it a more transparent approach would help tremendously the financial community here. Yes, uh, I think that we are um, faced with a group of people in a lot of institutions that are very inwardly focused. Um, that have the same circle of advisors and friends and influencers, and that is just not uh, market. And I, I hate to say it is very provincial, and mm. and that doesn't do us good. Yeah, mm. um, you look at who the people are on the boards, and how they still you know pertain to being like a circle. And this is not something that I always want to tell people. Uh, Austria can improve, but so can any other nation in the world. I mean, same thing in Germany, right? It doesn't. Uh, you have these professional supervisory board cliques, and uh, they they have never done anything good to any of the companies. Um, I I find it um, important. I look at Wienerberger, how it's become very international, how it has become very uh, focused on diversity. Um, you know, it's imperative that we have people that have a different horizon and not just guys that meet at the same restaurant and that go to the same hunting party and that do all the same things with all the same jokes. 
uh, it just really means that you come in as a CEO and you're so focused on what to wear for the evening and uh, have you, you know, addressed the guy with his right title on the invite, which we've known has already been very bad for Austria when, when the dude who did this in Sarajevo cared more about the wine than the, the right car and protection mm. for our uh, emperor's next in kin, right? So I think we have a history of, of being too focused on the wrong things and we should just always, you know, pull ourselves together and be real. But there are good examples that we are able to do that. And let's finish not on a typical Austrian uh, sort of negative note, but a positive one. <laughs> no, it's not so bad, I think. And if you look at uh, Wienerberger, where you are heavily invested, I think we've made a big step ahead. Uh, this year, we, we are nearly approaching the 5 billion turnover. I think uh, I remember the discussions. Also approaching the 1 billion. Also, I'm coming to that. Yes, yes indeed. And uh, I remember the discussions with you about the growth, about the focus. And uh, I'm actually a strong, um, a strong believer that this, this sort of uh, good conversation, constructive dialogue is very important for every com company. And I appreciate it highly. And this year, as you correctly say, we will also approach the billion EBITDA. So it's, it's on good track. And I look forward, obviously, to the good cooperation. Thank you for being here and talking with us, Klaus. Thank, Thank you. you. Keep doing well. Thank you. Thank you.